Welcome to Loving Every Stride, the podcast that will help make your running easier. Brought to you by ex-national athlete and UK record holder, Paul Laslett. Powered by the Brightside PT community. For more information and access to your very own Running Faster formula, which will make your running easier, click on the link in the show notes. Enjoy the show and see you on the bright side. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Loving Every Stride. And today, I am going to love this episode today. And I know you guys listening are going to love it as well. We are in the presence of absolute graceful joy of running that is Colin McCourt. Now, uh, I don't like to give people too bigger heads and boost their egos too much. But I can remember many years ago, uh, training with Colin. And uh, me and the guys I was training with at the time said to each other, this boy, he's a bit, he's a bit tasty. <laughs> Not only is he very handsome, but he just moves so effortlessly over the floor. He looks fantastic when he runs. And Colin has had an amazing athletics career. And we want to talk to him about that. We want to talk to him about what lessons he's learned as a runner, what he'd have maybe done differently back in the day, and what's he up to now? Because he's got quite an interesting story to tell. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Colin. Lovely to see you, mate. Hey, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much for joining us. I know we haven't got you for too long, so I, I don't have too much small talk, but yeah, really appreciate you being here. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot from this episode from you as well. Just Give everyone a bit of an overview of, I know you're like, obviously you won English schools and all that kind of stuff. How did you first get into running? By accident, really. So I was just like at school, you know, like everyone is, and I played football. Like most runners start off their lives, most boy runners anyway, start their lives off as a footballer, a failed footballer. And I just won like the school's race that was like down, just literally over the road. And this lady came up to me and said, do you want to come to the running club? I was like, nah, I love football. I'm going to play football and all that jazz. And she was like, all right, cool. So then the next year I, I did the same race again. I won it again. And she was like, look, do you want to just come down and see what it's like? And at that time I was like, obviously thinking, oh, it'd be really good for my football to actually be a bit fitter because my games was, I was like, was that like 14? So my games were going up to 80 minutes from 60. And I was thinking like long-term black football goals, really like just being fitter and trying to be stronger and stuff. Cause I wasn't like a massive kid when I was like younger. So just trying to build a bit of strength. Anyway, I went along and I really enjoyed it, but that isn't the, I wasn't going to start running until my football coach told me that I couldn't do athletics and run. I didn't really understand that because I used to play two games on a Saturday and then I played above my age and above my age again on a Sunday. So I was playing like four games a weekend and I, I didn't really understand what it meant. So he said, I need to choose between running and football. And I just said, I don't know why. It was a good choice in the end. My dad wasn't too <laughs> happy, but I just said, basically, you don't make, did make a decision like that when I was like 14, 15. Stick that football up your bum and I'll go and, uh, I'll go and do some running then. So I started running and I was terrible, if I'm honest, but I wasn't like, Awful, awful. Like I could win like a, a county schools race, but I wouldn't go any further than that. So like the furthest I got to until I was like eight, 17. So for the first three years of that running was Southwest schools was like the highest I got to. And I was all out trying to make Southwest schools. And then I didn't even realize there was anything above Southwest schools. So I didn't know there was like counties and counties and all this jazz. And um, my whole goal was track orientated because I'm not very good on grass was just to try and get to Southwest schools and do that. And then when I got to 
15, 16 ish, like maybe just towards the top age of that, I thought I need to, I, I can't continue. I can't do this unless I put, so I, there's gotta be something wrong. Cause I was only training twice a week. If that, like a Tuesday track session and a Thursday, um, and I was like, this can't be right. So luckily enough for me, Louise Damon was at the club. We trained together, we grew up together and she was coached by our old coach, Mick Woods. And she said, do you want to try this out? And I was like, yeah, I guess I want to do better. This isn't working for me. Like, but in a kid's way, you're thinking, I just want to be the best. I want to be better. I hate getting beat. So I was like, right, went along and I was still only doing two sessions a week, just going to mix, going all the way up to older shop from Bournemouth on a Tuesday, doing the odd run that I said I was doing that obviously I wasn't doing and then doing Thursday sessions and then that and then encompassed a Sunday session. So we were traveling quite a lot at 15, 16 to older shop to train. And then from there, just progressed slowly. I'm not the best trainer in the world. I'm more of a racing kind of guy, but then that sort of tailed off towards the end of my life. But my life, I'm still alive. I mean, my career. <laughs> You're still alive, Colin. You're still with us, mate. I mean, my career. But yeah, it's just started building from there. Like I, I hated the training aspect of running for a long time, especially when I was younger and up into my like into my twenties and stuff. I just wanted the end goal. So I just wanted to be good and I knew there was things that needed to be put in place to do it. And I didn't do all the things that needed to be put in place. So I got very lucky that the things that I did in between that got me to where I was. I just didn't elevate myself to another level because I just wasn't, which I wish now, because obviously hindsight is brilliant. I wish now I had the mental fortitude that I've got now to understand your body and training and stuff. When you're a kid and stuff, you don't really get that. But yeah, that's how I got into running. I saw one off on a tangent. You know what's really interesting, Colin? Like... See, I know a bit about your background and your, and your story. I know you didn't train. I was training six, seven times a week, and I was I, ha- I had to train that much at that age to just keep any kind of pace with you doing two runs a week. But you recognised the fact that what you were doing wasn't working, wasn't getting you where you want to get to. See, something's got to change. Yeah. So that's going to be the case for a lot of people listening to this podcast going, God, I've been, I've done the couch to 5k. Yeah. I'm running all the time, but I'm not, I'm still not getting any yeah. faster. So I mean, what lesson did you learn from changing your training? I think it's, sorry for talking over there. It's really easy to stagnate. So like, I've got a really brilliant example right now. So like, I've just got into cycling over the last like six weeks, six to eight weeks. I've no idea what I'm doing for like at all. I just jump on my turbo trainer, which you guys can see. And I do it in between working and like my lunch breaks and stuff, but I have no idea what I'm doing on it, but I just do it every day. And I was like, you do that with running. So you get into mind frame with running where it's, oh, I have to go for this run today. I have to, or whatever. You sort of put some pressure on yourself to do it, but you don't change anything. So you don't add in sessions. You think, oh, I'll just add in a core session here. And that one core session will probably tide me over for the next month. But actually it's a lot of repetitive things that you have to do over and over again with different stimuluses to get yourself better. So like I didn't have a clue that I needed to do bike sessions and start like actually like to get better and get a better FTP and all that stuff, which I know is not running related, but trying to use an analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed to add in bike sessions. So like with running, you have to add in track sessions, but you also need to then hit different stimuluses. And what we get into, I feel like, well, I did definitely is you you just go through the motions of, right, I've done a run here. My race is at X date. I just know I need to run 
X marathon pace. So I'll do six or seven runs and then you start ticking all the boxes. And then it becomes more of a ticks box exercise, more than like a learning process of you thinking, right. So I've actually done a tempo today and that actually stimulated this stuff. I never thought into that detail when I ran, I just did what I was told. I never questioned anything, especially like between my mid twenties to like late twenties. I didn't question one bit of training I was asked to do or anything. I just did it where now I go on multiple forums, check out loads of different things, especially with running as well. Like, cause I still run well as it, well, not up today. Cause I just tweaked my car literally 15 minutes before this podcast. Like I, I'm trying to learn about different systems and stuff. And I know it's a bit not late for me now to make huge improvements in my running and stuff, but like, there's always like a, a different way of doing things. I think like we can all agree, like it's, it's an easy process to say, right, you're going to go and do four or five runs a week at threshold pace or at easy pace or whatever. But then adding in the different stimuluses to get the best out of your body is learning how that works. And I wish my bit of advice is that like, oh, yeah, I don't know if it is advice, but I wish that I'd learn all the different stimuluses that needed to make me better instead of just plodding along and turning up for a track session and ticking the box to say, well, I should be world-class or I should have ran a PB because I've done my six sessions this month and I ran every day I was told to run, but did I actually learn? It sounds, it sounds like I'm making it complicated, but like, it's not, it's, you just got to like learn your body and your craft where you get into a routine, especially like I did with athletics, where it's more of an autopilot kind of thing. You're just turning up, ticking a box, getting it done. And you're not really asking questions like, why am I doing this? Like, what is this to benefit? What systems is this, is this engaged? Am I eating the right food? I had a pizza last night and I'm trying to do a track session this morning. Is that the right thing to do? Like you've asked me to go and do a tempo, but I was out drinking until four in the morning. I had six, but I've not obviously six, but do you know what I mean? Like them questions, you think, oh, I'll I'll get away with it. I'll I'll just, this will be fine. I think we do that, especially like I found coming back into running from being off from running, which we'll get into in a minute that I started asking more of that kind of questions where before, when I first started, I just got on with it and didn't really. Yeah. I think that, you know, that's really interesting. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So what we see a lot of as well, Colin, with the, the guys that we look after in our coaching groups is that sit very same, whether you're an international athlete or whether you just want to complete a park run, mm-hmm. if you can understand the speeds you should be running at that are personal to you, and can have some structure to what you're doing, you're more likely to do it. Yeah. You're likely to understand why you're improving or why you're not improving. And it's going to be a lot more fun as well because you're learning and we all want to learn and see how we get better. That's a really key part in anyone's running journey is understanding what, what speed you should be running at and why. And if you can understand that, you are going to get the best out of yourself. And then if you don't run a PB or you don't run well, you can start to understand why you didn't rather than just thinking, oh, I'm crap at this. It, it doesn't have to have a knock on your confidence. So like you mentioned there, like the later part of your running career. Mm-hmm. And I can remember there's one race I saw you do. You won, it was a 1500. You ran for Britain and you made everyone, it was a good field and you made everyone else look slow. And you just looked, you looked brilliant when you were running. And you think, oh, that's Colin's really going to kick on from here. Yeah. But like you say, even at the level that you got to, you would have understood how to train more efficiently. Yeah. You would have elevated yourself even more. So what kind of happened at the end of your running? I just sort of got a bit lost, really. Like, I think the problem that you get, like, well, I got anyway with running is that you always become a know-it-all. I am like a bit inherently lazy, not proud to admit it, but I am. You become a bit 
idle with the fact that you need to put more work in. So you just go through the motions. And I was going through the motions of just thinking it'll happen one day. I'm doing all this. I'm doing all these things. And it's, I'm just wondering. And, and I looked at it the wrong way, whereas I'll get lucky when I get into, when I run in this next diamond league race, I'll get lucky and I'll run 330 or 334 or something. So if you look back, I'm not saying to anybody to do this because it's pretty boring. If you look back across my career, there are one race or two races a season that I will run really well. And the rest of the season will be absolute awful. And that was because I was living in that mentality of I'll get lucky one time, run well, and then that'll be it. But then what happens is obviously when that starts to become your career and you're paid to do that, the luck has to come out of it and you have to be able to just perform. And I wasn't not working hard. Towards the end of my career, I was training hard. I was doing all the things I needed to do. Like I was still skipping stuff, but like you have to underpin everything with the hard work. And then if you're living in like a mentality like I was of luck and trying to just like wing it and then hopefully that something would happen if I would get into the perfect race and I'd run a really quick time and then that'd be me set up and I might win an Olympic medal if I just get in the right race and it's just perfect for me. And living in that mentality that I was living in doesn't get you anywhere. And obviously it's testament to prove that I didn't forward plan. I didn't think about the stuff I was doing. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier around understanding what it is that you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do. If you don't do any of that, you end up with the end goal that I had in the first part of my career where you just end up with nothing. You run a few good times. People think that you're going to be the next big thing. And then all of a sudden you end up with nothing because you just decided to live your life as if you're trying to win the lottery rather than giving yourself the opportunity to be able to do that, to do the things that you want to do. So just like you said, getting that, getting coaching and getting a structure in place to help you understand what you should be doing and then you understanding why and being able to ask questions is like you say, so important. So when you finish running, <laughs> your, your body shape changed a fair bit, didn't it? So, so I'm an inherently fat person. If I don't train <laughs> or do anything, I just balloon up because I'm greedy and I drink a lot and I eat a lot of stuff and that. And obviously that happened. So I just stopped. I just, 2012, didn't make the Olympics. Looking back now, I was never going to make it off what I was doing. So that's fine. It's hard to accept, but that's the way it is. Didn't make the Olympics through a massive tantrum and just went into a bit of, let's just say depression, started drinking and eating and didn't really have it diagnosed. Didn't understand what was going on with my body or anything or my mind and didn't really get what was happening. So I just spent the next six five, six years just drinking and eating until I ended up going from Amiga 68 kilograms, uh, race weight 65-ish to 100 and just under being like 16 stone, I think that is or something. That's an impressive feat, mate. It was. I could barely that's, get down the steps. I was struggling. I, I was struggling to move and obviously put a lot of strains on my heart. My body's now changed for the worst, but not in a bad way. Just it's not ever going to be what it was and that's difficult to accept mentally and that's the struggles that I have now with obviously knowing all the things that I know now what I could have achieved and what my body could do and can do and there's still glimpses of it now but it's never even close to the same as what it is like I randomly ran uh, just for example like my body can do really stupid things like I ran a 300 the other day in 37 but I couldn't run, I couldn't run any more of them but it's just random how your body can just like you can I couldn't go and do a hundred miles I couldn't go and do a run like my, I couldn't get and do 40 minutes at the moment. Like I just tried to do a few miles there and my calf went, but that's just more 
body just starts. But what, so what, what changed then for you, Colin, to go from in a pit of despair, I'm not happy with where I'm at? Because that's an interesting story. Yeah, I didn't notice, to be honest. So I think like the problem is distance myself from running. I didn't really pay any attention to running. My friends run, but they're not really like into it. The only friends that I had that were still running um, were just retiring towards the end of like when I was leaving, like, Ross and that we all just weren't really talking running really wasn't in the conversation it was more football orientated and stuff so I didn't really notice and then one day like five years later I just couldn't get in a pair of shoes I was like this is ridiculous like, what the hell's going on because me and Rebecca were going on a date I think it was and I was like I can't put these jeans on and I asked her to take a picture of me and then that's when I was like Jesus oh my god I am massive like I, you don't realize it so I got I'd never I obviously hadn't taken any pictures then I started looking back through some like holiday pictures and stuff and was like how do I notice this I've got like 20 chins and I'm barely fitting into a seat into a t-shirt and stuff and then I just had a realization like I we just had a little baby boy and I just wanted to lose weight to be able to actually like play with him and follow him and chase him up and down the stairs and stuff because I was a mess so that night I went out for I think it was like a two-mile jog nearly died and then from then I just was getting up at six every morning for like the next six seven weeks or something just trying to lose the weight and stuff but before that the boy my friends had obviously I put a picture on Instagram with some cheesy caption like everybody does like the time is now I'm gonna start to lose weight and stuff the boys hadn't obviously seen how big I'd got because they weren't paying attention because obviously we don't FaceTime all the time and they he just decided to rip the mick out of me and then challenge me to a bet so i was tied in to happen to lose the weight and they bet me that i had to run some 16 minutes for 5k and i got a year to do it so i had a year to get into shape or i had to have all of their names all 20 of their names tattooed on me in times new roman but i didn't do it for free if i did do it they had to give me 100 pound each so it was like two grand to run sub 16 minutes which i thought was a pretty good deal to be fair but i didn't realize how much my body had actually like completely changed so it was a lot of work that I had to put in and that's when I started to learn about and started to get the realization around what I hadn't done when I was a professional athlete and what I needed to do now and what the, the effort was completely different where before I would just go out the door and run whatever you asked me to go run something run four miles in 25 minutes or whatever it is it'd be done bang no worries easy peasy now it was like run four miles in an hour two hours or whatever try and get it done it was a real struggle trying to let, teach the body to like you have like muscle memory and stuff but I don't really think that I, I think it works to an extent but my body's not the same anymore I don't run the same like I don't float I, I, I might still have like similar style but everything's heavy everything collapses all the things that were tight and in the right place before are no longer scar tissue moves around into horrible places like I've got a knot now on my quad that I can never get rid of because it's a bit of scar tissue from somewhere it's just appeared in the middle of my quad and it's rock hard constantly. But yeah, you just, it's, that's how I started to lose the weight. And that was like two years ago, I think. So then since then, there's obviously been like a lot of realizations because what that then brought on was all the mental health issues of what had happened and I hadn't dealt with anything about just leaving running. Then the pressures I was putting on myself when I finally got fit to maybe push on and do something else, which was just starting to get really like ahead of myself and I should have just focused like on what I was doing at the time, once I got through all that stuff, it was good. Like I'm trying to say, like I got, I broke 16 minutes. So I didn't have to have the tattoos. It took me <laughs> to clear that up. Yeah, it, it took me, it took me eight months to do it. So I, I did it with uh, four months to spare before I ran sub 16. I hadn't got anywhere near 16 minutes. Like my park run times were like 17 minutes and stuff. And I really didn't think I was going to get it done. If I'm honest, like I just got lucky. And I know I said this earlier, which is the wrong thing. I just got in a really good race. 
that was down um, the 5k races that are down in Preston and managed to run 15 minute 15.30 and then from there everything just fell apart again a little bit really like things are starting to get back together now but because all the stuff I hadn't dealt with in the past and all these different things I just didn't really push on or do anything and then I've wait not wasted but like the last two years have been all over the place and I get injured quite a lot in the same spot on one of my calves now no matter what I do hence why I've started to try and jump on the bike and supplement that and stuff. It's a fascinating story because you, you've gone from being an elite athlete to uh, experiencing what a lot of people who start running have to deal with, which is the weight loss, huh? to, to then doing that, and obviously all the mental health issues, but the, the change in your mindset from I want to be one of the best in the world to I just want to be healthy for my kids, uh-huh. which I think loads of people will be able to relate to, but the principles are the same. Yeah. Have a structure. Now how fast you should be running. Enjoy it stick to it um, and relish every day that you can get out, get out and run. If people want to follow your story, Colin, where can they find you? Just my full name on Instagram. Somehow I got lucky. I really get that. Oh yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> not, nothing interesting. Not like. So at Colin McCourt on Instagram. Yeah, that, yeah. I should have thought it's that fun, but I didn't. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. So yeah, if you want to follow Colin's story, you want to see what he's up to, I recommend checking him out on Instagram and Colin, any closing words to people listening into the podcast? Yeah, just I, I would say what the best thing, the best bit of advice I can get is whatever it is that you want to do, run in or times or whatever it is, and like just work backwards from the end point. So break everything down into each easy manageable sessions, talk to your coaches or whoever it is that whatever form of thing that you're trying to do and work from it from there. It's so much easier to work backwards through your goals than to try and just hit them head on. Um, and figure out the ways to get there rather than just say, I'm going to do this and then just aim and just batter your head against it until it happens. It's easy to just break everything down and then just flow through it. That's what I did when I was trying to break 16. I literally just worked out what I needed to run and then worked backwards from there and started at the easiest part of having to break it down, for example, just to run whatever it was for 200 meters or 100 meters. And I did that repeatedly over and over and over again until I got there. Obviously, you can do that a lot more structured if someone's actually coaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you got there in the end, mate. And I say I really appreciate you sharing your story and being open with that on the podcast. So, guys, again, just if you want to check Colin out on Instagram, go and check out at Colin McCourt on Instagram and follow what he's doing. And we will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to Loving Every Stride. If, like us, you absolutely love running, we'd love to have you in our community and help make your running faster. You can join our Facebook group and get your very own Running Faster formula by visiting the link in the show notes, and there will be happy days ahead. Please also remember to subscribe and review so we can spread our love for running. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the bright side.